Welcome to a series of talks about objective consciousness, an objective universe, and an objective way to awaken. Expanding upon the works of George I. Gurdjieff and Russell A. Smith. This podcast is part six of the conclusion of the audiobook of The Blueprint of Consciousness. In this episode, we narrate part three of three of the presentation given to the All and Everything Conference held in England in 1997 by Russell A. Smith, describing the inner world of man, how men fell asleep, how the three traditional ways came into existence to wake men back up, and how this can be accomplished. Let's begin. The Blueprint of Consciousness an Accelerated Path to Awakening by Russell A. Smith Conclusion Part 6 A Law-Conformable Schematic for Awakening Higher Centers Part 3 Most men only work with their jacks, the mechanical parts. And as we have shown, the fourth way depends on us developing three queens. And the queens, the emotional parts of centers, only functions with attention. You see, in the olden days, it was easier to wake up because life required us to pay attention. In the olden days, we had to run down our dinner, not in our Mercedes, but out there in the woods somewhere, we had to develop a great attention in our moving centre to do that. Life automatically provided that for us. We had to walk out of our cave or climb down from our tree and use our sensations. We had to smell everything within miles, see every little rustle in the bushes. These parts of our centres were automatically developed by the, as Gurdjieff said, bumpy roads of life. Life kept the carriage well greased. But we got lazy. We do not chase down our dinner anymore. We walk in and order it. Somebody else has chased it down. And they did not even do that. They grew it on some farm, in some pen. And so, we have no use for the emotional parts of our centres. We no longer have to develop our Queen of Clubs, or our Queen of Diamonds, or our Queen of Hearts. Life has become too convenient. And, as a result, we have ended up as nothing other than an automatism. Nothing but jacks. Nothing but automatic parts of centres that function with no attention whatsoever. But I suggest that if a man will bring attention, if a man will work hard to try and bring focus to his sensations and his movements and his emotions, he will develop these three cards and attain the six he needs. Then, 
there is a possibility to find a way to have them step down and illuminate his next higher centre. After which, life really begins. Because, with a permanent passenger in the carriage, there is something always there to act as a permanent, impartial observer. I know before my transformation, my observer always changed. First, this guy did some observation. And then, this part of me did some observation. And then, another part. These parts never got together and told each other what they saw. It was like a new discovery constantly. But once the steward, once the permanent passenger takes his position in the carriage, then there is something constant there that observes and never gets out. That makes the work a lot easier. When some erratic eye jumps in the carriage and says, Let's go here. And then he looks over next to him, and there sits Mr. Steward. He says, Never mind, we do not have to do that. And he politely excuses himself and gets out. So, I would ask you all to make great efforts on yourself, to understand the mathematical structure of octaves in the universe. Like Wim van Dolleman told us the other day, and as Harry Mullish says, it is all octaves. Or, as Gurdjieff said in the chapter, The Relative Understanding of Time, it is necessary to notice that in the great universe, all phenomena in general, without exception, wherever they arise and manifest, are simply successively law-conformable fractions of some whole phenomenon which has its prime arising on the Most Holy Sun Absolute. And in consequence, all cosmic phenomena, wherever they proceed, have a sense of objectivity. And these successively law-conformable fractions are actualized in every respect and even in the sense of their involution and evolution owing to the chief cosmic law, the sacred Heptaparapashanoch. Thank you for your interest and attention. In closing, I will add, for those who would like to learn more about the laws of world creation and world maintenance, or to anyone who would like to awaken higher centers, I shall see you in Texas. Are there any questions? Session 10 Questions and Answers and Contributions Richard Liebel I was thinking of the story in the second chapter of In Search of the Miraculous. Mr. Uspensky is visiting Mr. Gurdjieff and sees him down on the floor observing this Persian carpet mender. Gurdjieff is trying to buy that special hook and the guy won't sell it to him, because it is much too valuable. It is the essence of his way of earning a living. The next day, Mr. Uspensky comes to the same place and sees Mr. Gurdjieff down on the floor.
and he's fashioned a hook. He's filed it out of the blade of an ordinary penknife, and therefore learned all the secrets of carpet mending. And, God damn it, Russ, I want that eight-minute exercise. And I want it now, Russell, right here, right now. We will give you another eight minutes. Russell Smith. Any other questions? Richard Liebel. Touché. Russell Smith. You are welcome. Vim van Dulliman. Russell, thank you very much. You always inspire me a lot. You have done a great job, and I can tell you why I think that you have done a great job. I read an old book in which I saw, maybe, the first mathematical construction of how the universe was created. Socrates explained it to his guest, and he explains that the Creator took one piece here, and then took one-eighth there, one-sixty-fourth over there. After a long explanation of how the Creator divided the universe, even Socrates himself ends his explanation by saying, And then, thank God, it was all over. And I want to thank you. You take it down very precise, sir. And now comes my question. I read your book, and you have based all the calculations on the divisions as given in piano tuning. That means your calculations are based on what they call the whole tempered division of the octave. Now, I don't know if you know the book from Jamie James, Music of the Spheres. He tries to recalculate the original calculations as given by Socrates in the Timaeus. He also indicates that in doing the recalculations that Socrates did, as they are explained, went wrong here and there. But I didn't have the time to simply make all the calculations, although I wished I had had the time. I think, by the way, that you are more gifted than I am in this field. But I wonder one thing very strong after I read your book. That is, if one would make the calculations out of what Socrates said in the Timaeus, would they stand the same as if you make the calculations out of the diatonic division as it was formulated in the 1700s? Russell A. Smith That I do not know. I have not seen those calculations. I have, however, experimented with many different systems, and they all seem to indicate the same structure. Frank Brzezewski One thing that has always interested me is sometimes he uses the word brains and sometimes centers. How do you see that? That's one question. The second question is, how do you relate these to the bodies, if that's relative here? Russell Smith Very good question, Frank. First, we will tackle brains and centres. Uspensky says in The Psychology of Man's Possible Evolution that a brain is a centre. We call them brains. 
We call them centers. We call them functions. They are all the same. Man has six brains. He has six centers. He is divided into three stories, so we can look at him as a three-leveled being. Your other question was how do the brains relate to man's bodies? There are three being bodies. One relates to the lower story, another to the middle story, and the third to the upper story. The physical body relates to the four lower centers. The body Kesjan or astral body relates to the higher emotional center. And the highest being body or mental body relates to the higher mental center. The completion of the mental body gives us a fourth term, the causal body. But it is not really a body. Remember, we needed four fundamental points to define the three inner octaves. Here, too, we need four names to define three bodies. The same thing happens in an octave. There are only seven stopinders in an octave, but we need eight notes to define them. We always have to have one more point than what we are defining. Keith Bazell In the perspective of the cards, what happened to Atlantis? Why did it sink? Russell Smith Because the Jack of Spades, the smallest card of the higher mental centre, imparted to the Jack of Spades, the formatory apparatus, Reason. Reason made the formatory apparatus superior to the Queen, King and Ace of Spades in the intellectual centre and all that developed in the higher emotional centre. The moment that we attained the first inkling of reason, we imparted to the formatory apparatus a greater prowess than all the cards that followed it. Atlantis the higher emotional centre, slowly sunk. Previously, we had to learn to use intelligence and higher emotion. And now, we did not. We had reason. Even though it was only the most mechanical form of reason from the higher mental centre's smallest part. Richard Liebel it seems that even in today's world, we are getting worse. We are not using reason anymore. Do you see a danger in the fact that we are investing our reason in computers and artificial intelligence, Russell? Russell Smith Yes, most definitely, Richard. I have a son who, when he was in 10th grade, came home from school one day and... I do not remember how the subject came up, but I asked him how many days were in a year. He did not know. And I thought, how could a child in 10th grade not know how many days there are in a year? So I asked him, 
Where do kangaroos come from? And he did not know. And I said, well, how many dimes are in a dollar? And he did not know. I was ready to line up all the teachers he ever had and shoot them. People do not know how to do math anymore. If they do not have a calculator in their hand, they cannot add. Fortunately, everyone here is from the older generations. We know how to do math longhand. Maybe some of us had slide rules. Remember those neat little inventions? They were replaced by the calculators, and now by computers. You don't even have to handwrite a letter anymore. You type it and email it. So, you are right, Richard, about the decline of reason. I want to introduce an idea about Kunderbuffer, which was not introduced the other day. Kunderbuffer represents the fact that nature shoves everything to the most mechanical, to the bottom. That is how she survives. No matter what it is, she wants to make it as mechanical as quickly as possible. She wants to push it down to the jacks. Today, we have learned why we have got to push it back up to the queens. We have got to go against Kunderbuffer. We have got to go against nature. We have got to go against God. We have got to try and push it back up to raise Atlantis. Nature wants to make it mechanical. We must make it intentional. Wim van Dulleman That is exactly the same principle as described by Harry Mullish. Russell Smith Thank you, and thank Harry Mullish. Wim van Dulleman Exactly the same. Russell Smith So, that is how I see it. Nature's innateness is to push it down. That is good, because when I woke up this morning, I did not have to learn to walk all over again. It would have been tough having to crawl to the bathroom. So, I am glad nature has found a way to make things mechanical. But it does not serve this higher dough. Remember, there are two doughs on the chart. The bottom dough and the top dough. Every animal, all evolution, up to the moment of reason, serves the duplicating principle. Serves sex. Do you realise that you are the only species on the face of the earth that can choose not to have sex? You are the only species that has the opportunity to serve the dough beyond. Every species before you had no choice but to serve the bottom dough. However, you can intentionally decide to put yourself under the emanations and the possibilities of the dough which comes from above. 
you can push against nature and develop your own queens. Queens that are required for illuminating higher centers. Queens that open the possibility of having a permanent passenger in your carriage. Queens that can get you into a permanent state of self-consciousness. Then, when you wake up in the morning, you will find that there are two of you. You and the observer of you. That is what this journey is all about. Bert Sharp As you are really saying, and as Wim van Dulleman is saying from Harry Mullish, with the development of the intellectual mind, we, because it is so powerful and so useful for our survival, no longer bother to develop feeling and even moving, right? Russell Smith That is correct. Bird Sharp And then the big tragedy, of course, is that the intellect has become so powerful it is using us and we are no longer able to use it. And this is the road to the end. Russell Smith Yes. If we look at the mechanical part of the higher mental centre, we find the intellectual centre. So, for reason, intelligence is an automatic thing. Therefore, intelligence functions for reason, like instinct functions for life. Automatically. That is tough. Because now, all we have developed in us is a reason that comes without attention. It may help us to invent computers, but it does not serve us in our movement towards the final dough. Thus, being able to complete the octave and develop in us a something that can withstand the shock of death. So, we do not die like dirty dogs. Bert Sharp Intellect is probably selfish, right? Russell Smith Yes, and I think we all know these things. I am not telling you anything new. I am just putting it into a schematic that we can look at logically, law-conformably, with a mathematical tenacity that we can shake a stick at. We can say, well, of course, fakir, yogi and monk. Sensations, movements and emotions. Then comes the fourth way. Getting the six cards. Finding the great subjugation, which all religions talk about. How do we get them to take the lower role? How do we subjugate them so the higher can appear? I look at it like a window. There are only three rows that can be seen in the window. You turn the dial and move the middle row down to the bottom and the row above can enter. Then you turn the dial a second time and again move the middle row down to the bottom and the highest row appears. Cy Ginsberg Your permanent passenger that you have developed through this exercise, you said, is there when you wake up in the morning 
You also happen to mention to me outside this room that it is there during sleep. I would relate that to lucid dreaming. My question is, does this permanency exist during the transition from, let's say, relative consciousness to sleep, and then from sleep to relative consciousness? So that it is not really a question of waking up in the morning and it is there, but that it is there all the time. Russell Smith That is a good question, Sai. I would say, as I make the transition from states, there is always a moment of overlap between one to the other. There are times when I am asleep and I am not dreaming and I am not aware of the second state of consciousness or the third. Then there are times when I dream and the passenger is not present. And there are times when I actually control the dream. It is a weird feeling, because here I am, in a dream, and I say, I do not want to dream this dream anymore. I want to dream about this over here. And it just changes. Somebody is chasing me in my dream. And the higher centre says, You should chase him. And so I do. Instead of the fear of running and being caught, all of a sudden, I am trying to catch the person who was chasing me. So, sometimes, it is present in my dreams, and at other times, it is not. But, once I go from sleep to awake, it is present. So, you are probably correct. It is there all the time. But in the sleep state, it is possible to not notice it. Sai Ginsberg I find sometimes that I find myself falling asleep into a dream without falling asleep. And sometimes, occasionally, I am awake in the dream, directing the dream because that is my reality, and it is more real than real. And I find myself waking, and I am into this reality, and the dream continues, and I am in two realities at once. Russell Smith Yes, I get up to go to the bathroom, and I say, I like the way this dream is going. Let's keep it going. I go back to bed, and it never misses a beat. I am following the random associations that are taking place, observing them, and allowing them to continue. Bill Murphy You might mention that the fourth way is an easier way, because it is easier to get three queens than to get two queens and a king. Russell Smith that is correct. That is why this is called the way of the sly man. Because it is easier to develop three queens than it is to get two queens and a king. And, by the way, we can see what happens along the way of the fakir. You get the diamonds, and you get two clubs, but you only have the jack of hearts, 
you only have the mechanical part, which does not serve you. You are lopsided. If you are the yogi, you get the three clubs and you get the queen of diamonds. But you do not have the power of the queen of hearts. You are a weak yogi. And if you do it by the way of the monk, you get the hearts and you get the queen of diamonds. But you do not have anything in the moving center. So you are a stupid saint. When you are in bed and you are dreaming, or sort of half awake, and you move in your bed, and you suddenly lose your dream and cannot get back to what you are dreaming, but when you go out of the bed and back from the toilet and want to continue your dream, you never know what you would have been dreaming if you would have stayed in bed. Russell Smith Perhaps. But what has been happening with me is that I know I am dreaming. I know it is a dream. And that is why I have a control over it. I can direct it. And so, there I am. And it is a pleasant dream. The fourth way is invading my dreams, my random associations of centers. Remember, that all six centers have a constant flow of associations. They begin the moment that you were born and continue until the moment you die. It is only when we go into a sleep state that one center is listening to the random associations that are going on in another center. That is what a dream is. But something higher is able to be a permanent observer of them. Instead of the observer changing from one centre to another, the higher centre becomes a constant observer. He sees all the associations flowing on, and he sees where they are going. If he likes them, he allows them. If he does not, he changes them. Russell Smith. If there are no other questions, I implore each of you to bring attention to all that you do. Develop those queens, get your six cards, and I will see you in Texas. That concludes today's podcast. If you would like a chance to read the whole book, The Blueprint of Consciousness, An Accelerated Path to Awakening, which is available as a high-quality 520-page hardback, and also as a PDF download, simply visit the store at our website, thedogteachings.com. The Blueprint of Consciousness contains an objective exercise in awakening that has literally awakened hundreds of people. Be free. Be awake. Be real. And realize your full potential as a human being. On our website, you'll be able to listen to other talks, obtain diagrams, animations, supporting videos, and much, much more.
In addition, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under The Dog Teachings. And, as a reminder, we have two Zoom classes every Saturday to assist you. Level 1 is freely available for anyone who purchases the Blueprint of Consciousness. And the other is for those who have obtained the Master Exercises and the Double or Nothing Exercises. See under Resources slash Zoom Classes for more details. All at thedogteachings.com That's T-H-E-D-O-G-T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-S dot com Goodbye. Until next time.